Welcome to episode seven of the Swatch of Horrors podcast. This is a show where me and my guests talk about beauty horror stories told by beauty professionals. Do me a huge favor. If you listen to this podcast and you found it entertaining, you've learned something, you really liked it, take a screenshot of the episode right now and share it on your Instagram story. Tag the podcast at Swatch of Horrors and I will reshare it on my story. That will really help me out a lot. It'll help the podcast grow and give it more visibility and more visibility is more representation. My guest this week is a makeup artist from New York City who's rooted in celebrity and fashion. She's launching a product that I feel every freelance makeup artist should have in their kit So stay tuned to learn what that product is. And no, this is not an ad. Let's get started. Swatch of Horrors. I'm looking for a nude or pink or rather So uh, today I have somebody from the East Coast, from New York City. Yep. I have with me Brittany Whitfield. She is a seasoned makeup artist and groomer who's represented by the only agency. She has over 10 plus years of professional experience in the fashion, beauty, and entertainment industry. She brings to the table her infectious charm, her signature glow. So since her first professional gig with Neo, like Sexy Love Neo? Yes. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) That song's going to be stuck in my head. Right. Now for the rest of the day. She's worked with uh, such high demand supermodels such as Irina Shayk. Oh, Irina, Sha- I- Irina Sha- the one who is dating, the one who is married to Bradley Cooper. Girl, I'm so under a rock. I don't know who's married. <laughs> no, don't worry. You don't even have to name them. I feel like you could just say in demand supermodels. We could just we could start. That's that. fine. But let, you know, let's drop some names. Anok Yai. I'm gonna butcher all of these. Alana Arrington, Bing Swalton, Aniola okay. Ab- Abiore, right? Yeah, that's good. Aniola. She has done a lot of campaign and ad work for major brands like Estee Lauder, L'Oreal, Revlon, Elizabeth Arden, and the list just goes on. And her fashion editorial spreads are featured in ID Magazine, CR Fashion, Book, U.S. and Japan, Elle Magazine, uh, and Document Journal, just to name a few. So let's just uh, get right into who you are. You have quite the resume. And... (laughs) <laughs> yeah like you've just done a lot tell me how did you even just get into makeup like did you start from retail or were you self-taught so well yeah I went to college for interior design and obviously I don't do that um but I did work at Ralph Lauren to the trade which is for designers and I'm along that journey I had a lot of relatives that were like in the world like my uncle was a photographer and one of my aunts was a model oh, wow. Like my mom used to dance, and so like I, but I didn't. I was already interested in interior design, but I think like I thought maybe I would do something in beauty, but like kind of what we were talking about, like corporate. Like I always thought like, okay, I like beauty, but like 
I was definitely one of those girls in high school that was like, I don't need makeup. Like, I don't wear makeup. And then all of a sudden, I just became this makeup girl. This woman from IMG, um, she used to work for New York Fashion Week when New York Fashion Week was at the tents in Bryant Park. And um, I, like, met her at this, like, Art Institute, like, gig. I was, like, doing my front a solid. And I was, like, taking pictures and doing makeup for his models because he's, like, this sick tailor now, like, this dope, 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 like, stylist. But he's more of a tailor. Mm -hmm. Um, But basically, long story short, I met this woman from IMG, and she was like, oh, my God, you're so dope. Like, would you come with me to Fashion Week and, like, work? I was like, hell yeah. (laughs) And I remember I, like, had this super stable corporate job at Ralph Lauren, and I was like probably the youngest person in corporate there and I like cold turkey just like left and it was a struggle Mm. because like freelance is like no joke um and I come from very humble beginnings so it was definitely like oh (laughs) got it (laughs) gotta work really 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 hard (laughs) not just like normal regular really hard (laughs) but like really really. so it sounds like you were just at the right place at the right time and it just kind of took off right for sure and then obviously like I had a personal you know vested interest at that point now to like really be successful at it you know like I think mainly because like it's not like I had anybody particularly encouraging me to do it they were like what you leave your corporate job to do makeup like what are you talking about like (laughs) it was like no 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 like I know that they're like I think for me it was like being at the bottom and like of anything right and then like being like what it like like going to the tents and like these things and watching the magic happen and I'm like oh wait like this is a career there was no ceiling at that point for me I was like oh wait like you could be like a for real ass makeup artist you know what I mean like you don't just have to be limited to what we only think like Maisie it's like you know what I mean like not that there's anything wrong with that either but I think having seen that so early on in my career really forced me to like keep it pumping like working really hard at it yeah like keep the momentum going because you saw like how big it could be yeah it's like like when you walk into like some millionaire's house you're like oh shit like people really live like this nah now I gotta work harder you know what I mean it's like definitely one of those kind of situations pretty cool story how you fell into that I love your Instagram. It's I feel like there's so much content there. Like before I contacted you, I spent like so much time on there. There was like skincare tips. You had like certain kind of like blog articles, I want to call them, uh, for some of the old like 90s or 2000 movies that you were posting yes. about. Yes. Mm-hmm. So do you feel like uh, it does say writer on your Instagram? So tell me a little bit about like just the content you like to put on your Instagram. I think, like, for me, I noticed that I may not necessarily have, like, hundreds of thousands of followers, but the people that I know really matter. And they are people in the world that are, like, super successful. And they are the people in the world that, like, have all of the influence and et cetera, et cetera. So, like, Mm -hmm. I think that for me, it's important that I, not that anyone else is, but I feel like I can be my organic true self, you know what I mean, like, on social media, because I'm not you know, being paid to say or not say something. I'm not being like, you know what I mean? Like I'm not, nothing is swaying me in any direction. Like, yeah. like, like I made a joke before. I was like, listen, my bills are paid. Like <laughs> I don't need math hours to like <laughs> do anything, excel me in any possible way. It can, it, it'll be helpful, but I don't, I'm not looking for that. So as far as I'm concerned, like why well, I am a writer, I used to work for Viacom and CNN, but they were mostly in digital and um, I tried to stay in comedy spaces. Mm-hmm. I'm currently, um, selling a script with my co-writer right now about my dad's life which is another story wow but so but specifically the content that I posted it was just it was to bring awareness using pop culture because I feel like easily digestible and it's easy to make analogous references to so it's like if I'm talking about the nanny like we all know who Fran Drescher is Mm -hmm. 
when I when you blatantly compare Fran Drescher to like Cardi B, which is like a grandiose comparison, right? And it's like a loaded comparison. But when you think about it, and I'm, I mean, not to say that Cardi B is a nanny, but I'm just saying mm-hmm. like, okay, the woman has all of these particular characteristics, but specifically because she was of this descent, it was like, she had like all the authority in the house, for example. So like my point when I write or when I post all these pop culture related articles is just to give people especially because like I have wealthy clients, you know, and I feel like sometimes they live in a bubble and they are disconnected and they wouldn't always meet somebody like me. Like I came from like the hood, like, (laughs) like it just so happens that I provide a super luxury service and I'm around like the top fashion and, you know, people in those circles. And so like, therefore I can style step to like people of different socioeconomical statuses and like I can maneuver my way in certain situations that maybe somebody else might not be able to like articulate just as as well, but may have the same sentiment. And so I feel like if I just put it straight out there and make it very easy and very plainly written, because I think people also try to get like mad deep unnecessarily. It's like, Mm -hmm. even if I'm trying to get deep, like I still want it to be digestible for everybody. And I want it to be understandable and like straight to the point. So that's just me kind of flexing that and being vocal, basically just like as an advocate and the things that I believe in. It's not necessarily to like, I don't particularly care to like work in a journalistic, like, you know, world. Like if I ever did any more, if I did writing, if it's not for my personal, like the things that I want to write, et cetera. Like, cause I did work for by like mostly op-eds and I was able to still put a little humor in it. Cause that's just like who I am. Mm-hmm. Um, I think like, it, like I said, it just was like, very personal to me and it, I felt like it was like my job to like bring awareness in a very unique way because I think otherwise everybody's like so like it's like so aggressive you know like and it's fine like it's different strokes for different folks right like yeah. I, some people need it to be straight up like nah this is wrong like y'all are shady and then some people need to dust it and be passive aggressive about it but I'm like look like let's how can we just like bring this full circle we know that these are problems that are in movies and cinema and music and beauty and things like that. But like, how can we make it so that everybody can like plainly get it? I like how you reference the pop culture, like you said, and I haven't seen some of the movies you've posted probably since they've been released. And now I want to go back, like I want to rewatch Bring It On or want to rewatch some of these movies and really think about now, like how they've aged. And because a lot of movies from that time have not aged well in general, movies in the past, like, you're like, whoa, that is really problematic. <laughs> but right, I no, like, it's true. I mean, yeah. it says it says everything about it says everything about like how mainstream media is predominantly white, right? Like, I mean, not to like not point fingers. I mean, I'm half white, so whatever, we could just go for it. But like, mm-hmm. my point is to say like that's mainstream. We've all seen certain movies, like you said. Like, I it is interesting to rewatch them and see how they've aged. And a lot of people have told me that. Like, damn, <laughs> now I got to see what you were saying. And I'm like, yeah, dude. <laughs> That's awesome. I, yeah, it's totally full of content. I love like your your facts about skincare and everything. I'm like, I don't know how you memorize all these things because I'm bad with memorization. I'm like, she knows her stuff. So if anybody needs some skincare <laughs> tips, beauty tips, you want to know about uh, pop culture things that we need to revisit, look at her IG. What's your, what's your IG, by the way? It's at Britty, B-R-I-T-T-Y Whitfield. Okay. Cool. Um, somebody took Brittany Woodfield, so then all of a sudden I'm Brittany now. Everybody calls me that, and I think it's so funny. <laughs> but yeah, skin, I don't play that shit. Like, y'all, like, <laughs> it's not just about how it smells and how it feels. It's like, why? Like, why do we need this? Exactly. Uh, let's see. 
Also, too, um, you do have some exciting news. You are launching on September 30th um, a brand, right? A a new business venture. Can you tell me a little bit about what that is and everything behind that? Yes, actually, I'm so excited. You're basically the first person that I'm going to like publicly talk about it because I'm going to do a launch video and just put this thing to do first. So little backstory my husband works in the operating room so he wears a particular garment in the operating room that I was inspired by did some research on the materials and things like that and so basically for years and years I've been like using these surgical caps as a protector on my clients my models whatever even if if it's for a red carpet if it's for like a big photo shoot whatever Mm -hmm. so that when they're taking their clothes on and off makeup doesn't transfer onto it And so for years, people were like, you're crazy. Like, you need to brand this. This idea is so genius, blah, blah, blah. And this is like so good. I basically like was like, yeah. So I did a lot of research and like came up with this very specific um, weight of material and blah, blah, blah. And I basically made these transfer proof protectors. We've like, we've done the most crazy branding for like this simple little thing. It's basically like when Spanx just like, cut tights and then they were like oh now there's that you, you I mean I've used it on set so so much like this this type of idea I've used this basic thing like on set all the time and I never considered it being like this revolutionary thing in beauty and I'm like you know what word like what's going on like how do people get into their clothes so then I was doing all these testimonials with like clients I keep heard the craziest stories like people twice in the same week some girl was like oh yeah, I put a plastic bag over my head. I was like, oh, what? Wow. I was like, so we gonna die? So we can get into a turtleneck? Like, I'm confused. Like, so it like basically looks like a shower cap, but it's not. It's made out of a super breathable, like it's breathable to the point where like you can actually sleep in it. It's like that breathable. It's not, It's not, you're not wearing a shower cap on your head. You're not wearing a plastic bag over your head. You're not wearing a do-rag over your head. You're not wearing a pillowcase. Like these are things that people were literally saying they were using. Wow. <laughs> like, because I used to hate getting blamed. Like if the clothes were, you know, would get makeup on it. And they would look at me like, I just, I'm shady. And I'm like, you're the stylist. So then one time I was on set and they did have this like hood, right? That like supposedly like a makeup protector. Uh And the thing is, the problem with that one was that it had a zipper and then there was no elasticity. So I was like, okay, well, if you have an Afro, you can't use this. So like the thing about mine is that, not that that one isn't functional, but then mine mm-hmm. is just fully functional. Like, it's like, it doesn't matter what your hair is like. Mm-hmm. I worked on a model the other day and she has like long, beautiful dress. And she was like, oh yeah, nah, like my edges, like I'd be trying to keep like the them cute. And like, I never have anything that can keep. I'm like, yo, I got you girl. Like it's, this is perfect. Like you just put it over your face and your neck and uh, partially onto your hairline, like enough to protect it. And then you can literally put any form-fitted clothing on and off without getting any makeup on it you can wear like red glossy lips it's not going to transfer on the inside of your clothes it's just like it's amazing wow and you can get this Um, i'm very very excited it you're going to be able to get on my website for now it's going to be e-com based um only it's crashandblend.com slash shop nice and i will on the 30th it'll obviously be yeah it'll be easy because i think that's the only other thing that exists that's like what i have is like a washable situation and I just feel like gross like if you if you have more than one person on set mm-hmm. you're not going to share that hood exactly. and then on top of that I don't think people want me like pulling something out of my bag that I washed at this point they're just like nah give me give, give me something I can recycle or throw out uh, as an icebreaker I just want to know what's like your go-to beauty or hair product right now um go to 
Oh, that's such a loaded question. It's like, what's your favorite movie of all time? Um, <laughs> right now, I mean, obviously my product, right? Not just <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, well, that we can just that's that's an obvious. So, Drunk Elephant has I don't know if you want to use brands, but Drunk Elephant has a a lip balm. It looks like a chunky, like it's like a a thicker cylindrical. It's not like the quintessential like thin chapstick looking mm-hmm. um, sizing. And I've like. <laughs> I did the funniest thing with it the other day. So I use it as a lip balm, obviously. Um, mm-hmm. I've used it on the top of my cheekbones, like directly onto my cheekbones on a day that I just want to look glowy, but I don't want to wear any makeup. Oh, okay. And then the other day I had like a weird flyaway. It was like a cowlick. <laughs> and my hair had a top knot and everything was so sleek, but this one little hair. So I legit just like used the, the bomb like straight onto my cowlick. Wow. And it was like, and it just like stuck it down for, it was like, obviously try it on your own do not do this with other people <laughs> but like I've noticed it has the, it is the most multifaceted thing in my purse right now wow. so I'll say drunk elephant lip balm okay. you got it that's good to know yeah <laughs> I like finding uh uses multi-uses for different things uh oh same yeah now let's get right into your beauty horror story so the first one involves Vaseline so tell me yeah, about sure. that I know it's like it's an interesting segue because I just basically said like I use it on top of my cheekbones, but I'm using it when I'm being lazy, which is exactly the problem with the horror story that I have. So I think for me, I'm this particular horror story is just like me standing on a soapbox, like speaking for all of the talent and models that I've worked with over the past 10 years and just like also having been backstage a few times. For the record, I do not do fashion week. It's not I'm not a fan of it. I don't think it's worth being stressed. Like I like to take my time and bond with a client and her good on the carpet and she feels beautiful. Mm -hmm. I don't like that, like adrenaline driven, like let's treat everybody like shit until we get this five second, (laughs) you know, like this five seconds of fame down the runway. And then like, I I don't get the thrill out of that. It doesn't work for me, but especially because it's just this constant struggle of having like dark skinned model representation in the industry. Like I've heard just crazy things. Like, so for example, in this horror story it's people in this just makes me so upset like makeup artists it is not that difficult to carry a dark skin foundation Mm -hmm. like I think it's it's one thing if you don't know how to like finesse makeup for a dark skin woman or man but I think it's interesting because it's really it's not the same like hair right like hair is like a very like makeup has a very specific real estate it's just a face yeah so there's you're always going to get the same face, which means you're always going to probably have the same amount of time to do something. It's not like you might walk into someone's house and they have these long curls down their back and you're like, shit, now it's going to take me five more hours than I expected. Right. Mm -hmm. It's like, no, like it's all a face. So the fact that you can't be fully equipped and have the correct tools is kind of embarrassing. And it's, it's more embarrassing that so many of my colleagues have gotten so far in their careers without having like the proper expertise on dark-skinned talent. And so what they'll do backstage is they'll say, oh, you know what? She's so beautiful. Like, she doesn't even need any makeup. <laughs> and I'm what? like, and I'm like, well, Adriana Lima's beautiful. I'm sure you would not put makeup on her. Like, it's just <laughs> this really shady, like, lazy excuse. And so, like, instead of foundation, they'll put, like, Vaseline on the cheekbones of the model. Basically, my drunk elephant tip, but, like, like I said, my drug elephant tip is literally for the lazy. Yeah. It's one thing if you're 
creating nuance in a product, like you said, and like giving it multi-use properties. It's another thing if you're just like, I don't have anything else, so I'm going to like finesse it right now. <laughs> like, it's just embarrassing. And so like, I hear it all the time. Like they don't want to put a lot of makeup on the girls. And then I've had clients of mine, mm-hmm. like big supermodels that like book jobs and they'll be in a scene or, you know, on set with two other models or three other models. Let's say it's like an ensemble set. If it's like a foundation, you know, a makeup brand or whatever beauty job. And like the fair to like mid-tone girls are always super glamorous. They're like, oh, they got this like beautiful blowout, you know, or like this, these fun curls they're bronzy they've got like definition on their eyes they might like they always beat to the yes even if it's a clean beat it's always like feminine and then I feel like the deeper skin model just looks like herself she didn't got no like they didn't put a lash on her (laughs) like and not that you need like not even like a strip lash like you can even put a little few joints on the end like they like they just like don't give the dark skin model the same glamour and I think like for me, that bothers me because I feel like it's not that this woman isn't already beautiful, but that's to say that all of these women are already beautiful, right? Like, it's like, yes, like, it's great to have diverse models. And like, I think like, it's very specific that like, I've noticed in my field of work that the darker skin model is usually like very, she's, she's very much like, not an African American beauty. She's very much like, possibly from another country, possibly whatever, you know what I mean? Like, she can be she looks very specifically ethnic, ethnic. And I think that that's their intent. And it's so weird because it's a weird fetish, in my opinion, number one. Number two, mm-hmm. it's like, they're like beautiful models like Riley Montana, for example, who's just like really pretty, like dark skin girl. Like just everybody, you don't, you're not, there's no such thing as like being pretty for a dark girl. It's like, yeah, you, that's you're pretty or you're I, not. <laughs> exactly, right. And I feel like they've created that, like they've made that a thing because and not, and again, this is not to say that anybody that's a model, or whatever is, is or is not pretty, depending on where they're from. That's not what I'm trying to say. What I'm trying to say is that I feel like they stray away from glamorizing the darker skin talents. Like I feel like on purpose, in my opinion, I feel like it's intentional. Mm-hmm. I feel like you can find beautiful black women because they exist. <laughs> like you can find beautiful any person because beautiful people exist. And it's strange that like, they're so limited and it just, it bothers me. And like, I, I, I've heard so many horror stories. I've witnessed it. I've witnessed. And it, you know what I think for me too, is like, I just think like the horror story, the, the real horror story is that like, no one's honest about it. And I yeah. think like, because it's like, it's, it's one thing if you just don't have the products, like I'd rather you straight up be like, yo, you know what? I don't even have this in my kit. Like I just be honest about it. Like, you, people need to practice humility because the problem is that instead of being honest, you're making her look ashy. So now you just look like you don't know what you're doing, <laughs> which is exactly which is which, stupid. Which I was going to ask you: Do you think it's also too that maybe the artists aren't equipped with the skills to maybe know how to match darker skin tones or match the undertones and everything like that? I think it starts with the fact that there is no access sometimes to these people, right? So like, let's say you lived mm-hmm. in New Hampshire mm-hmm. and and you lived in this small town and it just don't happen to be all white. Like, at what point in your life would you may or may not come across someone that deeply complected that you can even have the opportunity to practice on? Yeah, that's fair. So I think like, even in cosmetology school, I mean, I, you don't have to to be a makeup artist, but for hair, you have to. There's a lot to be said for the fact that they don't even teach black hairstyles 
or anything black hair related in cosmetology school. So that means you can have a full-on degree and certification in (laughs) cosmetology and have not worked on one black person's skin hair texture. So that has everything to be said for the fact that it's one thing if you don't know how to do it and you just literally lack the technical skill. But if the technical skill is, let's just say you were a cookie cutter girl, right? Like, let's just say you watch YouTube videos all fucking day long and you're like, I know all the basic steps. It All it takes is cr- having the right colors at that point. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I think like, but if you have no time to practice and you don't know how certain products perform because you don't have anybody to perform them on, <laughs> it just becomes this vicious cycle. You know what I mean? Like there's yeah. even master classes. Like that's why I was like, yo, like no salt, no shade to all these like big makeup artists that I love and know. Like I'm like, Nikki makeup, Mario, Dedeb-. like I'm like, your master classes are never with dark skinned women. They're with all the yeah, girls that look wow. like all the girls. And so then that, what does that mean? That means that if you're a dark skinned girl, you got to just figure it out. Like that <laughs> means that when, you got to just literally absorb only the technical skill because any of the yeah. recommendations do not apply to you. There's and so like, like no that's representation. the Never. And if there is a dark skinned girl, it's like, oh, this master class for black girls. And I'm like, nah, bro. <laughs> like it should just be a master class. Just like it's yeah. just a master class for everybody else. But it's only when, that's why when I, when you said like on my Instagram, like I, I show people, like if you go to Google analytics and you Google red lipstick, black girls don't come up mm-hmm. and then it creates, very and true. Then it's like, it's something that you constantly like start seeing and you see and you see, and you're like, wait, like this must not be for me. And that's how you, you know, like that's where all these vicious cycles stem from. And like, that's why duh, of course, representation matters and it's helpful and et cetera, et cetera. And like, because legit, it's like, it's like, okay, so if I Google Smokey Eye, I'm only going to see Kim K. Like, I'm not going to see no, <laughs> I'm not, I ain't going to see no, nobody yeah. that looks, you know what I mean? And I exactly. think like, even, even you mentioning that you're half Vietnamese, it's like, even for like a lot of Asian clients that I have, like, I've heard so many crazy things. Like, they, you know, there's a very specific eye shape. There's a very specific, everybody doesn't have that big crease. You know what I'm saying? Like, exactly. and, and, and I think that there's like lack of representation in, in the fact that there is, everybody doesn't look the same. And the problem with Instagram is that everybody that makes makes it or everybody that has all of the followers and all of the attention drawn to them are the people that all look the same. So then the problem then becomes, okay, so something's wrong with me. Like I gotta fix it. I gotta look like them in order to get the look that I'm trying to achieve or whatever. And it's like, again, it's just a vicious cycle. It's like there, if there were, if there were Instagram only for like, if Instagram only had like hundreds of thousands of tutorials on Asian eyes and Asian women makeup and Asian men and things like that, like then we would all be looking at ourselves different. You know what I mean? I'm just saying like, it's just like, (laughs) it's the vast majority that correct. It's perspective. And it's just, it sucks that like, we are all like, reaching for crumbs at the bottom of like and finessing we're literally all finessing like this is why we find multi-use products because because we're like well this shit don't like i had a client she's like a really deep stunning she's a really deep um, model and she uses like eyeliners or eyebrow pencils and i'm like that's Uh it's girl i can't even tell you like yeah no no, it's amazing it's amazing only because you know why Mm -hmm. it is that for me and you it wouldn't work Right. Mm-hmm. Because because there are hundreds of products and brands that like cater to our, you know, for us. But like the darker the complexion, then they give you these weird colors with eyebrows and then they get very ashy and then it doesn't work and it doesn't translate. But it's like I think it's so intentional in beauty when they like discriminate against darker 
in general, like anything for darker people. Like if it's a darker eyebrow pencil, if it's a bronzer, if it's a foundation, whatever it is, powder, whatever it is, I feel like it's like blatant disrespect because there's no way you can recreate Shrek for Heidi Klum, but you can't give a black girl a bronzer. <laughs> like <laughs> makeup can do it all. Like I don't know what. I'm conf- I'm always confused. I'm like it's very yeah. intentional. It's very. I like intentional. I like now that a lot of more a lot of brands are carrying more shade ranges, but like there are still some brands that are just like like catching up. I feel like, but I think now it's getting a lot better than it was like maybe five to ten years ago, uh, which is good. Yeah, I hear what you're saying with that. They definitely should make more options for you know so that somebody who has a dark complexion doesn't need to wear an eyeliner for their brows because they should just make something that works for them exactly and i've reached out to so many like pr and marketing companies like or marketing teams like within beauty brands because the problem really is just that there's no representation internally either right so like and or they don't listen to like actual working people in the field like i'm a working makeup artist so i have a lot more insight than just a beauty scientist like obviously we would have to fuse forces because clearly i can't like create some shit you know what i mean like i can't do what they do but they can't do what i do either you know what i mean and so like the problem is that the issue is this these products clearly exist if a makeup artist is doing it and making it look good and they're finessing an eyeliner as an eyebrow pencil then that means that that eyebrow pencil technically exists it's just not branded properly Mm -hmm. so the problem is that like even when like they miss the mark on bronzers for black women, I'm always like, you don't, you don't think that, so you think that black women just not using bronzer, like they just not contouring. Like, why don't you talk to a makeup artist that does Lupita, for example, and be like, what do you use? Because if she's using an eyeshadow as a mm-hmm. bronzer, then that means that that bronzer does exist. It's just not in the bronzer. Exactly. I remember having to do something like that with, um, back in the day when they, they, there was just limited ranges of bronzers. I had to use like an eyeshadow one time to contour like a deeper skin tone. And then yeah. a few months later, like I noticed that they ended up coming out with deeper shades of blushes and bronzers. I'm like, finally, you know, like you're right. right but it exists. Right. It's like literally just put it in a bigger pan. Like, <laughs> yeah. like there's nothing, there's no nuance to it. It's actually the fact that they're forcefully choosing to not, to like like if black opal already creates all these shades then what's the problem why can't another company catch up that -hmm. means that they're just in my opinion they're blatantly like refuting to do it that's just that's the only logical explanation because i mean i I can go on tangents about that too like even when like they do use a dark skin model and they use like the weirdest color combination like a blue eyeshadow and like a hot pink glossy (laughs) lip i'm like that don't look good to me like i mean (laughs) like (laughs) i wouldn't do that on somebody and i don't know if who would request it other than if they're trying to like be super super fun but yeah. like but to me that reads like okay well look how ridiculous you might look in our brand like to me that me that reads that because it's like if the one time you do choose if all of your other models have these beautiful bronze polished de- defined looks and then you choose the one black girl <laughs> to have on pink eyelashes or pink eyeshadow or something like crazy <laughs> yeah i was just like why you chose that on her? the like, unwearable like the unwearable like look like who would yes wear yeah like i know regular like blonde blue eyed girls that wouldn't wear pink on their lips so it just blows my mind because i'm like okay this is intentional to me this is intentional like yeah. you guys have all the access to all the artists all the colorways all of the textures all the products all the scientists there's no possible reason why this girl got on hot pink (laughs) 
in an unflattering way. Obviously, you can finesse hot pink, yeah. but I don't think that they're doing it to look good, in my opinion, which sounds so awful. But like, yeah, I think that we give them a lot of credit. I think that they are. I think a lot of shady shit goes on behind closed doors. <laughs> Speaking of like marketing, um, this kind of brings us to your second story where you were working on a campaign. Oh, my God, girl. It was so embarrassing. Needless to say, they never booked me again. But I think it was because I was so vocal. Like, I felt like I had to be vocal. So the company, I won't say the name if you don't want to, but the company, basically, I happened to know someone who got hired as a a contractor within their, like, art department. So I felt like, okay, well, if she was kind of putting this shoot together, you know, maybe her and I can join forces. I mean, it was a makeup brand. So at the very least, I would be shocked that they didn't have, they weren't receptive to advice or not even advice, but like a suggestion from a makeup artist. Right. So she sent me the models and like, I was like, okay. I was like, I think this is great. I think in my opinion, right. If, Mm -hmm. (laughs) if I were creating a foundation line and I wanted to show the world that I was diverse, not just because once you sell something on the internet, it's for the world. It's the World Wide Web. Unless they literally like, I right, we don't ship outside of U.S. and Canada. <laughs> but I feel like most big brands do ship internationally. So that means that shit is for the world. So let's have worldly representation, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, and the U.S. Melting pot. is very, like, it's a huge melting pot. No, that's what I'm saying. Like, and at the very yeah. least, if it's coming out of America, then it's got a ma- 100 million different kinds of people, right? So mm-hmm. boom. So I'm like, if I were creating a foundation line and I wanted representation to be um accurate i was like i would have either as far as fair girls maybe a ginger right because they're always complaining about like the fairness and the tone because their hair is so red and sometimes they have freckles blah, blah blah i would have a ginger i would have a girl that's middle eastern like where mm-hmm. she's like very olivey brown skin i would have a girl that was i would say we could say Vietnamese. We could say Philippines. We could say, like somebody that might have that's Asian, but that might have like a little bit more olive or warmth mm-hmm. to her skin. You know more what I mean? Tan, maybe even exactly like Pacific Islander. Anything in that world that's also that also works. But like, because because I think the problem is that what people think is what they see different ethnicities. They think that means diverse. But I'm like, unless I don't want to just straight say like, oh yeah, we can ha- totally have just some girl that's like beautiful Japanese model but I'm like yo but if her color is the same color as the blonde girl mm-hmm. then it kind of doesn't make any sense because yeah cool <laughs> like you got two different ethnicities but like same that color yeah same color and like people do that all the time they'll have like the mid-tone girl with the curly hair right she's like whatever got a little tan and then there's like the blonde girl and then to me it's important to have at least one person in the fairest range and one person in the darkest range because wherever you stop at with the darkness as how deep your 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 color palette is i feel like that's when you start turning certain demographics away from your brand because if i see some girl that's like not as dark as my mom in my opinion i'm like well maybe they just they don't go as dark as that because i've seen that happen too Mm-hmm. anyway I said to say so I did this campaign and I was like you know you might want to get like one more like super dark girl I was like you can get like an Indian you know Middle Eastern girl uh, I was like maybe you can get um, I said like I, I forget what I said I was like one Asian girl one Middle Eastern girl like you want some diversity like maybe someone that's a little bit dark, a lot darker than these other girls because they all look the same right mm-hmm. <laughs> at the time they all look the same I was like okay no and then um, 
then I forgot who else I said. But I basically, I, I feel like I, I spread it out in a decent. I was like, maybe somebody that's like albino, even if you really want to, you know, sell the lightest shade. If you want to, like, it's like really, truly about who you're selling it to. Like showing that these types of people will need these types of shades, right? So anyway, mm-hmm. whatever. Poor girl. And I feel like it wasn't her fault, you know, like the friend of mine, because she connected me with the job and I was like, that was nice of her, whatever. Yeah. But I felt bad because like, even though we had like we had like two Asian girls and I think like two d- uh, darker skin girls, but they weren't really that dark. They mm-hmm. were like they might be dark to somebody else. But like to me, I was like, they're not that dark. You know what I mean? Like they truly weren't. They're like mm-hmm. they were like one of those shades, like the safe dark shade. And I call that the safe dark shade because it's even if you go to like the most like if you go to like Chanel, for example, and they don't have a lot of dark colors, you know that at the very least, that last shade, that might work for her. So I feel like that's always the safe dark shade. Like, <laughs> like everybody probably got that color, but like the state, the shade darker than that, they ain't got you. So, so I was like, you can't like use the safe dark shade. You gotta, you gotta go like, you gotta take it there, right? Yeah. And then her feed, their feedback from the company was like, well, we're not Fenty. And I was like, oh, <laughs> What does that mean? We're, we don't want to like, be inclusive. Exactly. What does that mean? We don't want to be a successful makeup brand like Fenty. <laughs> Ew. Like, I was like, wait, what? I was very confused. I was like, so basically, their racist ass just grouped having a, a very different shade range um, ensemble as like selling to Black people only. But you know what's crazy? Even if it were the case, Black women spend so much money on makeup. Like, when I used to work at MAC in New York City, just to mm-hmm. put in perspective for someone that lives in California or is from California, we, we all know Times Square, right? Okay, boom, the biggest place in the world, blah, 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 yeah. blah. The MAC in Harlem, which is in like, it's not in the hood, but basically in the hood, mm-hmm. was basically like running neck and neck with Times Square. Oh, wow. Like, just to put in perspective, like Times Square is like the epicenter of the world. And mm-hmm. then there's Harlem. <laughs> <laughs> like... Yo, black women buy makeup. Like, what's wrong with y'all? And they would yeah. never want to redo the store. You know, they didn't want to they didn't give a shit about it. And I was like, yo, like, so this campaign was so awful because then at, after I complained about how they didn't have enough dark models, after I was like, yo, like, they were like, oh, all these excuses. Oh, we can't afford any. We can't do this. Can't all afford these bo- any. Oh, they can't afford it, honey, because there are not enough dark models in the industry, sadly. Even though it's improving, it's not like, like to say you can't afford her means that there are 400 white girl models for every one dark-skinned black model. And, like, mm-hmm. that's embarrassing. But what it says is, like, the fact that they're few or far and few between, that means that, obviously, like, they monopolize the the campaigns and the this and the that. But the problem is that then they become, like, super expensive because, sadly, they're not... The ratio is super lopsided in our, in our industry. So I was like, okay, you can't afford it. You can't do this. All these excuses, blah, 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 blah. Or like I've even got model packages like for a test shoot even. And I'm like, only send me a black, only send me women of color. And they'll send me like, all the girls look like me. I'm like, no, I don't want no more biracial (laughs) looking girls. Yeah, I'm good. (laughs) I don't need this. So anyway, um, yo, then we got the campaign images back and they like photoshopped the darkest girl, quote unquote, the darkest girl. Darker. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And I wasn't... Yes. And I was embarrassed because you know what? They didn't do it like dramatically so, but I knew the girl and I knew the shades that I used. And I saw the pictures and I was like, her job. Like, <laughs> they tried it. I was very upset. And I'm honestly like, 
even that Fenty remark, I was like, fuck them. I don't want to work with them again. I was happy that mm-hmm. they never called me again. And they'd like ask me to do little things like, oh, would you do something for social? No, y'all not going to be no check. I'm not going to yeah. fake the funk on top of the fact, not that you should be faking the funk for a check, but I know all of us have had to at some point in our lives, right? Mm-hmm. At the very least, I can't be faking the funk without no check. That's for sure. But that I was is... so mad. Wow. I like how vocal you are. Like, it's important. It's, I think some people, like for me, I feel like scared to speak up sometimes in certain situations uh-huh. because you're wondering like, okay, like how's this going to work out? Like, are, am I going to like piss them off or whatnot? But I think the way that you advocate for, for these darker skin models, I think that's just like, that's just who you are. And you just bring that to the table, regardless of if you're going to work with this brand again or not. And I, I really like that about you. Oh, I have to. I mean, my mom is really dark skinned. So I think like even when I walk into a company, it's like if I can't gift my mom any of the products that they send me, then it's like not mm-hmm. a brand work, worth working for. You know, and lo- honestly, like I'm a light skinned black woman. Like I'm a fair skinned black woman. Like I can't at the very least, I have to acknowledge that I receive a privilege that other women don't and that mm-hmm. I get in these rooms and I can talk that talk and I can be permeable in a situation like I can relate to the people from the hood and then I can relate to the bougie ass girls from wherever I go. you know what I mean like I can style step and so on top of the fact I have the colorism privilege so at the very least what I need to do with that superpower because unfortunately in the most disgusting circumstances that's what it is Mm-hmm. I have to advocate for people that I know might not be in the room right away or won't get a chance to be in the room right away. You know, and like I used to be afraid like I've I've had. Oh, my God, I'm surprised I didn't tell you this other horror story. I had this other horror story and you can bleep it out, but I don't mm-hmm. give a shit. So I worked for <laughs> years ago <laughs> okay. at the flagship location that on Fifth Avenue mm-hmm. and the beauty department. Let's just put in perspective the beauty department in the flagship location was only like 1% of their business. Like it was like a $10 million door and we only contributed like $1 million. So at the very least, so to, I say that to say they didn't give a shit about us, right? Like, we're like, whatever. Okay, <laughs> go buy a $40,000 crock bag and maybe you could put a lipstick inside. Who cares, right? Nobody really cared. Mm-hmm. So I was like a contractor there. People really loved me there because I was like a working makeup artist for real. Like I used to just be there for like, I was pregnant at the time. So it was like an easy little job that I could just kind of, you know, chill. I wasn't running around with my makeup kit, you know, blah, yeah. blah, blah. Straight up. Like, I've been willi- willing to tell the story to the motherfucking New York Times, girl. Like, I was so <laughs> upset. So basically, this dark-skinned girl pulls up to the counter. And I had no foundation for her color. Like, I legit oh, was so embarrassed. I was so embarrassed. Because you know what? That In that very moment, I realized I'm perpetrating a fraud. In that very moment, I looked at the the gondola, or whatever it is, the the, the, the setup. Mm-hmm. the display unit and there was no there was only the, like I told you the safe dark shade like it was it was like the caramel you know the, the Kerry Washington shade it was like that yeah <laughs> it stops there right and I was like and I looked at her and I said listen girl I was like I'm a real ass makeup artist and I'm gonna give you a real ass recommendation I was like turn your ass around go to Barney's and go to NARS and I was like you're gonna get this color shade and NARS is great and I really had to, and I was, listen, and I was so mortified. I forgot that. I, I don't know why I didn't think about this when, when I, my heart starts, but I was so mortified that that next day I called the account executive mm-hmm. and I go, Hey, I was like, so 
had an interesting experience at the counter. Um, <laughs> I was like, I was like, a woman walked in and we were unable to provide a product for her because we literally didn't make it. Like we yeah. literally didn't have an option for her. Like I couldn't even say. I couldn't say anything. And I was like, and I know that I'm a contractor. So maybe I'm not prepped in certain trainings or something or updates or on whatever. On how to so, create her own shade on your, at your counter. <laughs> yo, I couldn't even do that. Like, it didn't even like you had, like, what was You shouldn't have to. Exactly. I had to grind up black eyeshadow or something. Like, what was I going to do to make her shade? Like, I was like, so anyway, this bitch responds to me and she goes, let me tell you the top craziest excuses that any brand says. And this is what she said. All of them. Number one excuse. Oh, um... Well, we're coming out with a new formula. Okay, bitch. So where's the old formula? <laughs> like, so, so the old formula only works for the white shades. I'm confused because, like, then that means we shouldn't be selling the old formula at all if it's mm-hmm. not appropriate to sell to half the shade range. <laughs> like, so that was excuse number one. I was like, so my rebuttal. Oh, that's interesting because the display unit didn't even have any holes in it. Like. And it's one thing if it had like some spaces missing, right? Like, okay, well, these are where the dark shades should have been. Yeah. No, it was made exactly the way it was said to be made, you know? So I was like, well, where are the spaces? Like the guns, the, the, the display unit seemed like it was, it was, you know, it was complete. Oh, well, you know, she was like, well, actually, to be honest with you, like we really don't sell a lot of those shades. So that it's a tricky situation. When a white person tells you some shit is tricky, bitch, there ain't nothing tricky about this situation. I was like, tricky? What do you mean? Oh, man. Like, it's like they don't they that? don't market to darker shades, so they're not selling Straight to darker shades. Up. Mind you, mind you, I believe this was in 2016. No, this was in 2000. This had to be in 2016, right? Mm-hmm. So I was like, well, that's weird. I was like, so... What do we offer? Like, what do we offer to these clients that we have to turn away? Like, basically, you're saying you don't give a shit about their money yeah. because the foundations there cost sixty five dollars. So there's no shot that you're trying to tell me that you were not like because I don't understand. <laughs> I was like, I, I was like, so you're willing to jeopardize making maybe a third more of the projections that you already have. You're willing to not make that money because you don't want black people in your store. Because that's basically what you're wow, saying. You're basically yeah. telling me that if Naomi Campbell walked in here right now, I have to tell her to go home. Like, that's what you're telling me right now. I just <laughs> go to NARS. Go to NARS. Go to NARS. Because I know you know Francois. So go to Francois NARS and then they can hook you up because I can't hook you up. Like, literally, I was like, I couldn't believe what this woman said. She said it's tricky because they don't really sell that many shades. Okay, well, maybe because you have never had a black model ever, <laughs> like, on the front of a store or beauty campaign to even you know so how about this though that was in 2016 2017 Fenty came out guess what happened started making dark shades and I was like also still remains to be seen they still they ain't that dark let's not get it twisted but I'm just saying that (laughs) all of a sudden they started valuing the black dollar and I was like and mind you, that's also because it's like a private owned company and like LVMH owns Fenty, blah, blah, blah. I'm sure there was some sort of competition in that. I'm sure there mm-hmm. was something to do with that too. Yeah. But I say like the fact that this woman like really didn't have any excuse. She was like, I was like, do we offer any gifts, any promotions, anything for our clients that we have to turn away? No. Like there's basically like, nah, send them home. We don't care. Like that was, if you had to like streamline what she was trying to say, that was that. And not even like offer a solution. Oh, oh, like I'll I'll bring this to the top. I'll let somebody know about this. And she didn't even offer any of that. 
Oh no, she was just like, she, first of all, the tricky thing was what threw me. Cause I was like, y'all love the tricky word. Like, oh, that's tricky. No, it's not tricky actually. Like just straight quote, pretty much call it what it is. Cause y'all have all of the money in the world. So there's no excuse period in my opinion. Mm -hmm. So at that moment is I think what I realized for sure. Like it's always been like, it's always been me standing on a soapbox advocating. But I think for me, that was a pivotal moment in my career where I was like, I got to go twice as hard when I work with a brand because I really felt like a fraud. Like I was like, yo, <laughs> it just so, and it, it doesn't help that I am like a passable, you know, light skinned girl. So I'm like, okay, well clearly my shade's here. But mm-hmm. to be, but to even also put it in perspective for you, like my shade was even towards the end. I'm like, yeah. what is going on here? Like <laughs> I was so embarrassed. I really was so embarrassed. And I've really never really, I've never worked with them again. Um, wow. Yeah. I don't even like, even if they send me like PR stuff, at one time I posted that they had a good hand cream because they did. Mm-hmm. But other than that, I was like, I don't really bang with them on the makeup tip because I just, yeah. I, yeah, I just, I feel betrayed. <laughs> I, I'm <laughs> they, curious. They put me in a bad situation to my own people and I, I can't <laughs> fuck with them for that. <laughs> I'm curious though, because um, I hear a lot about Fenty and being Fenty so diverse. Um, and I mean, I still love beauty, but when it comes to like knowing who's who or what's what, I still kind of feel like in the dark a little bit. Why do you think there's so much buzz about Fendi being diverse when other brands like NARS, MAC have been selling these wide range of shades for so long? Like, what do you think the difference is or what the hype is? Is it just Rihanna's name or or maybe their style of marketing? I think for starters, it's the fact that a black woman owns it. Mm -hmm. Whereas like MAC and Bobby Brown um, and Makeup Forever, for example, are not. And not that they, okay. not that that doesn't matter, but I think they're and not, not that not and it doesn't take away from them. It just mm-hmm. highlights that we're only naming like six brands that I've already been doing what Fenty has been doing. Mm-hmm. But I also agree with to take to piggyback off what you said. It's it is the marketing because yes, Mac carries you know NW58, but do they usually have models that are NW58? Like not that they don't. They obviously like. Even with their Viva Glam, they've always had RuPaul. They've had Mary. They're very mm-hmm. diverse with, like, the people that they use. Of course. You know what I'm saying? But I think, like, to consistently put the end range to the forefront oh, is, like, okay. a bigger deal, I think. And I do think that not just because Rihanna's a celebrity, but also because... Well, yes, because Rihanna's a celebrity. She's a trendsetter. She's cool. It's so black owned, you know? She... And, but it's right. It's black. And even still, it's, like... I'm sure I, I don't know what her percentage is in it, blah, blah, blah. Like I said, I know LVMH basically is the umbrella yeah. of, you know, <laughs> umbrella. <laughs> <They're> <laughs> umbrella. <laughs> Still, I think there's a lot to be said for like, and Pat McGrath too. She's a black woman, but it's funny. Like nobody knew, nobody knows all these things until it's marketed properly. Mm-hmm. You know, like Pat McGrath's been killing the game. Like nobody knew that NARS was a makeup artist. Like Francois Nars is a makeup artist, Charlotte Tilbury was a makeup artist, but Kevin Aquan, rest in peace, he was a makeup artist. So it's like, but like knowing, and Francois has always been, Francois Nars always has, I have a proclivity to him. I think that I like, first of all, I like makeup brands that makeup artists had their hands in. And I think that's why Makeup Forever and like all these other companies became successful. Um, the thing that troubles me about these brands is that, um, for example, they're under Estes. You know, like even Estee Lauder, like now mm-hmm. they have a Nakia who's my client, you know, blah, blah, blah. I think like pushing that 
end range to the front is what's making a difference. And like I said, it's not just putting the Kerry Washington skin tone in mm-hmm. the middle. And it's calling going it deeper black. than that. Yeah, it's like there's so mm-hmm. much to it. And it's like, it's also teetering the line of like, okay, so I always say this about TV film, right? So it's like, if it's an all black cast, all of a sudden it's a black show. But if it's an all white cast, it's mainstream media. And so like, mm-hmm. it's teetering the line of like, creating something that's for black people that's not just like niche it's not just mm-hmm. like um iman cosmetics where it's like oh it's not like fashion fair which is back in the day like that's all black girls had so it's like it's not like oh this just it's not like bet versus the world mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like okay it's like how can we create something that's just cool that everybody can watch that just so happens to be black driven or like equally loving of darker skinned people like and i think like fenty kind of like embraces that like, mm-hmm. she's literally, like, inclusive, all-inclusive, everything. Big girls, small girls, whatever girls, tall girls, boys. You know what I mean? Like, she... Yeah. That's the thing that I think... Uh, the cool factor is a main player in it as well, I'm sure. But, like, it's about, like... I feel like there's a lot of layers to it. But I think, for me, it's, like I said, it's just putting dark-skinned people at the front of it. Because, I mean, Rihanna kind of got the Kerry Washington shade, too. She got the safe shade. But Rihanna's <laughs> like, nah, nah, we're going to put these, you know people in the front of the campaign and they're going to be hot and like that you know what I mean yeah yeah for sure definitely I um I still have yet to buy like one piece of Fenty like product like I've eyed it for so long but it's just I think being in the industry for so long it's just like I have so much stuff and I'm like yes for sure anytime I try to buy something I'm like oh do I really want to buy that I don't know for sure oh if I buy one more thing I can't even buy shit no more because then like PR people send me stuff and Rob is like yo bro come on with the makeup and the curves like this is just (laughs) like the first Fenty Foundation I have to say for me I felt like she created that foundation for like her people back in the islands like in Mm -hmm. Barbados because it was like it oxidized very quickly and it was like super 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 humidity proof so I wasn't like a huge fan of the formula but as Mm -hmm. far as like the general message and obviously what it's improved and become and all of the things that it is now a huge supporter of it but I agree like in the beginning like even for like a working makeup artist I was like I I feel you out but I (laughs) I have matched it already like (laughs) I agree um but definitely a huge advocate like by all means like you know I'll celebrate it in in all ways that I can very nice I like how the things that you mentioned kind of really sets I guess is what set setting Fenty apart from everyone else and giving them all the recognition of being diverse. So right. yeah, definitely a brand to look out for. Um, for sure. If you could give advice to your fellow makeup artists, uh, what would that be? It could be regards to the horror stories you've shared. It could be regards to anything. I think really it's about, especially now, I think now we're in a better position to speak up for ourselves Because I think if you don't, even if you, I think now, first of all, we're all broke, right? So at this point, it's like, (laughs) what's one lot, what's one gig less? Like at this point, like, it's like nothing. Like, I feel like at the very least, we absolutely have to unify as, as colleagues, as in the, in the makeup world. And we also have to speak up for talent and we have to especially I think another thing is assistance that assistant culture is so toxic and how like they'll use people's assistance to like do all the work. Like I think the number one advice that I have to give is just to advocate for yourself, advocate for people that can't advocate for themselves. Mm -hmm. Like you need, like someone needs to, there needs to be a backbone, you know? And I think like 
people will follow. If one person's able to have the courage to stand up and advocate for something, then someone is going to join them. So it's like, never feel like you're alone. Like you have to say something. If you feel like you have to say something, if something feels wrong, if something feels uncomfortable, if you're on set and some shady shit's going down, speak up. Because at the yeah. very least, you know you did the right thing. And at the and also at the very least, if if push came to shove and you know, just save your seats. But like <laughs> my receipts, <laughs> I mean my my advice is to stand up. Stand up for yourself, stand up for your artistry, stand up for your peers, stand up for the talent. Because they, you know, it's a hell of a job for them, too. Like, I know we think that it's so glamorous to be a model, but they work really long days. They're really stressed out about body um, image. They're they're usually really young. Like, it's a lot. And there's, like, no one's really treat. They're just a mannequin as far as, like, until you're at that point where you can talk, you know, you can talk that shit. But if you're a really fly makeup artist in the field or a really dope hairstylist and you've got the right connections and you need to speak up for them if they're like a new face talent if they're like you know they don't have that clout to say whatever it is that they want to say i think like it's important to just like use your together. platform like, for yeah for use good. your platform whatever platform it may be however where you rank in the world if you are confident in what it is that you do and you are confident that something is wrong or being done wrongly or to someone or whatever I think we all have to speak up obviously that's a universal rule but I think specifically in our industry we're too scared like even and I relate to your sentiment like I totally relate to your sentiment like when they said that Fenty shit about when I did that job I like Mm -hmm. wish that I could have just canceled like I have a hundred more horror stories where those came from but I feel like to blanket like the general tone of how the beauty industry is I thought that those were just like to hit yeah. it, hit it at the park, but it's like I've done jobs like really, really big jobs where I've worked with PR people, <clears throat> and I've had to talk and do tutorials for like you know major um, publications like Vogue and Cosmo, etc. And I remember being worried that one of the products that the company gave me wasn't inclusive enough, mm-hmm. or that. And I remember speaking up about it, and I like yo, I wrote a dissertation, bro. Like I wrote a full blown. <laughs> email bullet points i proofread that shit four times like i made sure that it was like so airtight that like they really would have had to hit me back with some like straight up like because i was yeah <laughs> listen sis hashtag it's tricky that's the, it's tricky out here listen i was like waiting when they responded they're like oh, the pr girl was like oh you know let me talk to the brand because obviously that's another awkward position to be in too like you're like the white pr girl and you're like no 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 like Black Lives Matter, but like, hold on, let me, (laughs) hold that thought. Let me like find out what the company wants me to do. So then we're all like in this web, right? Of like not wanting to break, pop our string in the web and then it all fall apart. Like we don't want to lose our job. We we have a livelihood to sustain and all of these things. But I feel like it just so happens that now we have a little bit more control in the matter. And I think, and then when the girl came back to me, she was like, well, you know what? That product isn't really like a hero product. They don't even want you to spend that much time on it. And I was like, I remember feeling like, damn, I wish I couldn't take this like three grand right now. (laughs) Like, I really wish that I could forfeit this because I feel like so shady. Like, I feel like I'm just going to have to like pretend like this brand is like this, this particular product is like whatever as a makeup artist and like speak to all these big publications. And then I, and then I was so worried too, because I was like, oh my God, what if there's like you know, another black girl that's like head editor of something like senior editor. And then, you know what? The sad part was, girl, all of them were like white editors, no shade to it. But it was just like, yeah, I'm over here worrying about. Yeah, like I had some nerve to be worrying about everybody. And then I was like, 
nobody cares. Like, that's the sad part. Like, yeah. it's like, but anyway, I'm glad that I spoke up for it because their karma hit them because I think the second that their, their launch was supposed to hit, Black Lives Matter, like, protests, like, went crazy. And I feel yeah. like they had to make a public statement about not releasing it because they felt like the timing was just, you know, insensitive. And I was like, yeah, that's what I get. Because <laughs> if you did launch this shit, you would have got dragged. So and anyway, yeah. just stick up for yourself and know your worth and know the talent's worth and know everybody's worth. Yeah, and I think, too, the point that you made about, like, Black Lives blowing up even more now, it's like now that that's kind of hitting quote-unquote mainstream media it's like now when you speak up it's I feel like it won't fall on deaf ears anymore it'll hopefully make more of a difference than it did maybe like 10 years ago you know absolutely 100% uh, what would you have what advice do you have for clients so if clients who are getting their makeup done or um, maybe even brands like what what advice do you have for them um, just to make the makeup experience just better um, I mean, for brands, I think it, like I said, I think that there needs to be more of an alliance with makeup artists. I know that they usually have like one senior artist and blah, blah, blah. But I think like the representation internally and who those artists work with, like, mm-hmm. I think that like, cause that matters too, right? Like, it's fine. If it doesn't even like, if you're a black makeup artist and all you do are like weddings in Montana, like it's then that doesn't matter, right? But I mean, like, it matters to, like, who their clientele is as well. So I think, like, specifically makeup brands, I think that there needs to be a stronger alliance with makeup artists and, like, being more open to suggestion with launches and not just, like, pinning an influencer to it. And because, like, yeah, it's not the no shade to them, but it's, like, they're just creating a brand that looks good on them. So, Mm -hmm. and then the people that usually follow them maybe they look like them too or whatever you know you never really know obviously i'm just speculating but because yeah. that's kind of the thing too right it's like you follow the rep, the influencer that speaks to you so that's why i'm generalizing in that way it's like mm-hmm. not that it's impossible to like because i like love nima tang for example but that's also because i'm a makeup artist so i feel like for me i would like to be more if let's say i'll only work with one particular model that's as dark as nima but i'm like you know what, I don't get a chance to practice on her as much as I'd love to. Maybe she'll have some suggestions and then I can go buy them and I can play with them at home. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it gives, it's a point of departure. It's a point of inspiration. That's what I like to use YouTube for. I think that we've taken it a whole nother level. Like, I think YouTube should be a point of, uh, inst- a level, a, start, a starting point of inspiration, a point of departure, and then you can go on with your life. <laughs> but for clients, um, I think, this is going to sound so funny, but like, I think like being realistic with, realistic and in tune with yourself and like your features and mm-hmm. this is gonna sound so funny but my husband like makes this joke about us loving ourselves because he's like y'all be playing crazy games with those filters all this crazy. <laughs> but i'm like it's kind of true though bro because like i'll have a i had a client once show me a picture of rihanna and i'll be like sis you know you don't look like her like no shade <laughs> to you you are gorgeous but you are gorgeous looking the way that you look so yeah. just know that rihanna don't got no makeup on but she got on a red lip so what about this picture? Like, I have to do that with people. I'm like, tell me what it is about this photo that you like. That because- is so like, yeah, that's that, that sounds like a very retail makeup artist like question. That's very, yeah, because, I love it. <laughs> because you, yo, girl, because you got to like dig to the core. Because I'm like, mm-hmm. what's the nucleus of this? What what really matters? <laughs> what's happening in this? 
It's like, I'm not a doctor. We can't do surgery. So let's... listen, I don't got no syringes in my bag. So we have to make this work. Like, what do you want me to do exactly? <laughs> because like I've had clients, I've had a wedding client once. Oh my God, poor thing. She was like, went down her Instagram rabbit hole and like sent me this picture of this model who had like, you know, like this white inner liner and like super crazy glossy skin. And I was like, you're not going to look like that on your wedding. What are you crazy? I was like, you're going to like a grease ball. So I was like, you know what? I was like, tell me. I was like, oh, so then just to be funny, I was like, oh, okay, cool. So you want white inner liner. And she's like, no, 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 I actually don't like that part. I was like, oh, okay. I was like, so you want like really, really like wet, like glossy skin, skin. like glass. <laughs> She was like, no, you're right. That's going to look a little greasy. And then she like, we like picked apart the whole thing. And then she was mm-hmm. like, you know what? I think you're right. I think, you th- I think I just think she's pretty. Yeah, bitch. You just think she's pretty. Like they- <laughs> we're not realistic. And like I said, there is so, it sucks. Cause there is so little like viral representation of mm-hmm. people that look like ourselves and not, and they're all like the same girls. They all look like Nikki makeup. Like I always feel so bad to, I never mean to drag her. Cause I do think she's actually super talented. Mm-hmm. It just sucks because all of the people on her page look the same. All of the makeup in one form or another kind of looks the same. And so like, it sucks because it's like, yes, of course, if my client looked like, and I always use Adriana Lima as an example, but it's like, yeah, if I had Adriana Lima, I'd be the fucking hottest makeup artist on the planet because ain't much to do with her. She's so pretty. It's like, you really just polishing somebody like that. But like, you don't see your range. And I think like just what basically boils down to like, particularly specifically as it pertains to clients, is like paying homage to your real self, like your true self and like enhancing the beauty that you already have. I think like we get really, really, really caught up and beat ourselves up about what we see on Instagram mm-hmm. and the Very imagery true. and yeah, and how it like, and I get it. I think like that's something that we we all, you know, are aware of, you know what I'm saying? But like, that's true. Yeah. When you show somebody a reference, it's like, understand what about the reference makes sense to you and how it'll translate on you. Cause like mm-hmm. one last thing, I think like, I am not a makeup artist that like, I don't not like to do artsy shit, but I'm not particular. Like, I'm not a Halloween makeup artist. Like, I don't like that shit. Like, I've yeah. learned <laughs> over the years, it just isn't for me. Like, I'm like, it's it's very much, it becomes a job for me on Halloween. And like, and it's I, not I, fun they, anymore. It's not fun. And like, for me, I want a girl to look in the mirror and be like, damn, I look good. Like, that for me is what I do it for. You know what okay, I mean? Like, yeah. Thank God I have kids now because now I'm like, oh, no, I'm going to be with my kids. Sorry, guys. No Halloween. But before that, I used to be like, how the fuck am I going to get out of this? Because it would be like good money. But I'm like, ew, I hate doing how It's so gross. It's not, like New Year's Eve, for example, is like, that's my job. Like, that's my day. Yeah, I love New Year's Eve. Because everyone's but trying to look their best. Yeah. Look their best. And so, like, I just say that to say, like, I understand that um, some things don't translate cool on everybody's features. Right. So, like, artsy shit doesn't always do it for me because I feel like. If it's literally not, you know, Carly Kloss, it's not going to always look that good. And then it, then, it, then it looks like the makeup artist did a bad job. But really, it's because, like, some things don't translate the same. Like, you can't do every look on everybody. And there's a way that you should, you should tailor it to each person's face. And I think we're so in this, like, culture of, like, copying everything. And I think, like, yeah, <laughs> we're not getting inspired. We're just like replicating. And then it's like we're pumping out fembots and everybody looks the same and everybody's getting the same surgery. And Lip fillers and Botox and girl. So, yeah, just love yourself. That's my <laughs> my husband. <laughs> I, shout out to him. He'll be so happy to hear that. But Aww. I know you mean, though, what, like I used I remember getting the clients bringing in like Kim Kardashian pictures. I'm like, uh, OK, well. Um, exactly. Like, what about this picture do you like? So I think I like the advice that you have. So it's like, be for real about what your features are and 
how that can translate over to the inspiration you have and know right. it's not going to hundred percent be that picture. <laughs> exactly. Be, and, be, be comfortable with knowing that you will not look like um, Mariah really? Carey when it's done. <laughs> you're going to look like you and you're going to look the best way that you want to look and it's going to be fine. Everything's going to be fine. Um, but yes, to not like get crazy over inspirations and references and things like that, that are not relatable to you. And I think too, I think you brought up another point because it's like, that's all you see on Instagram. It's like, there's really just no representation. It's just people all looking the same. And that's kind of like what people start to want to look like, you know, it's like, can't really blame them half the time. No, you can't. And then even when they don't, and then what, and then what they can't look like, the filters are making them look like it. So then it's like, well, shit, maybe I do need to get bigger lips because I ain't really that cute without them when I look, you know what I mean? Like that, you get like this taste and then it's like, it's just a vicious cycle. But yeah, I think like being realistic with ourselves in, in the most flattering way, like, you know, compl- learning to compliment ourselves. That's good advice there. Definitely some self-love. Could, I could always work on that. <laughs> Same. So... I'll do a little COVID catch up where I like to ask people, what are you doing to help yourself through this whole time during pandemic? Like mentally, physically, like what, what's your kind of new thing or what's been helping you cope? Um, I have to say the pandemic has been a struggle. Definitely grateful. I'm happy. I'm alive. <laughs> I'm happy. I'm not like homeless. I'm happy. We're fine. I'm obviously grateful for all of the things, but, um, I think luckily I've had this, the protectors, the face protectors, I've had this launch that I've been looking forward to for the most of the pandemic. So that I've been working on avidly and, um, and the script, but one thing I will say is like, cause we had our, our daughter, um, she came on my birthday last year. So I kind of got the maternity leave I wouldn't have otherwise gotten because my industry is so kind of like, you got to just do it. You got to like, you got to seize the moment. You know, if you get called for a job, you got to take it. And so, and so I think like for me, it was like really exciting because I got to spend all this time at home with the kids. And then like, then it started getting real crazy because then they are crazy (laughs) in the best way. You know, like, it's just like, all right, this is overwhelming. Like, this is getting a little nuts. Um, well, more so because like not going to the park and not do things, you know, whatever, little things like that. Yeah. When we were actually quarantined. But I mean, to be honest with you, I think for me, like I try so hard to always just, which I think is like easy to say. And it's, it's, a, it's a struggle for all of us to recognize like um, what we have and how to appreciate it. But I think like every time I'm reminded that like, listen, like the worst case is that I'm sitting at home with my kids. Like I should be grateful for that. You know what I mean? Like I've just learned to take the time to like slow down and not be so like pressed for a job. Like, you know, take what's, what's worth it for me and the family. Like some things just, some jobs aren't, every job isn't a job for you. You know, like Mm -hmm. I've turned down gigs that I felt like was just like so aggressively such a long day for like little pay. Like I've been able to like really weed out what's important and like how to cherish and value that um but other than that I mean it's just been home with the kids and like really just trying to be you know work on all these other projects simultaneously sometimes it gets rough sometimes it's good days sometimes it's bad days but I think overall it's you know I've just been trying to stay stay appreciative yeah I think that's super important too is it's hard it's easier said than done like you said 
like I could sit here all day and probably tell you all the things that I can't do and haven't been able to do. But then when I've been trying to do that myself is having more appreciation of, hey, you know, like I have a roof over my head and I'm not in the streets and we're not sick. And I think, you know, showing appreciation and gratitude for what you have definitely goes a long way. I totally feel that. But it it really is a game changer. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, you have to. I mean, legit, like I feel like even when I do get wild, like, you know, spiral out of control and then I like it's crazy because I feel like something random will happen to somebody else. And then I'm like, or I'll hear some story or whatever. And I'm just like, oh, like I got some fucking nerve to be complaining about being home with my kids. Like, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like I get some nerves and it's like, you know, it's fine. We're all entitled to having a bad day and but just acknowledge it as just that. Like, this is a bad day. Tomorrow's going to be a better day. You know, like, I'm grateful. I'm home. I'm, I'm not homeless. I'm not. Like, even if you're behind on rent, like, just it's cool. Like, you're in, you're, you're, we, we have to stop stressing about shit that we can't control. And it's, again, easier said than done. But, like, no matter the circumstance, like, as long as you're alive and you're well and you have people that you know that you love and you love them, like, just chill. Like, everything's going to yeah. be fine. <laughs> like, legit, everything's going to be fine. For sure. I think that's really good perspective to share and um so lastly i'm gonna ask you two questions Mm -hmm. um so for your line of work um how has that changed during the pandemic like are people still hiring are people like are they taking major precautions like what's so what's different now about how you're working set life is very different um Lots and lots of precautions. Like I just had to go get a COVID test the other day to the other day to work on a job next week, and I just was thinking to myself too, like, so what if they say I'm positive? What are they going to do? They're going to find somebody else at the last minute. I mean, I don't mm-hmm. even know, but it's pretty aggressive. Um, it sucks because I got signed to this really dope agency, and because I wanted to transition from fashion into celebrity, and then of course there's no more red carpets. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's fine because at the <laughs> It's fine because at the end of the day, the only people that can technically afford anything anywhere are celebrities right now. So <laughs> things have slowed down in New York for sure, but just because, you know, of the obvious. But I think mm-hmm. like as far as set life, people, I guess, are still trying to continue with e-com and continue with web stuff. And, you know, they're trying. Um, sets are definitely more aggressive as far as like precautionary. But yeah, there aren't as many events. So that's pretty much the most that that's been the the more sad part of like because for me that's what I thrive at I love to do like events I love to like get someone ready and like I love all of that part of the process so yeah. that's slowed down but I mean hopefully you know it's fine hopefully next year we'll 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 be able to really value and like appreciate our jobs then I can't imagine how I I know for sure it's definitely affected not only like the you know Hollywood or the film and media it's like the, the hairstylist, the makeup artist, all those people who work on those jobs. Yeah, for sure. I know they've been hit pretty hard. It's pretty, pretty tough. But I'm glad you're hanging in there and you got your family, your health. One last thing. Um, tell everybody where, again, we can find you, um, your launch, your website, everything. Amazing. So you can find me um, at crashandblend.com. Um, if you want to shop 9-30-20, September 30th, you, there will be a shop tab, but I'm pretty sure that it'll be um, my site's original uh, page or, you know, splash page. And then you can find me on social at Brittany Whitfield, B-R-I-T-T-Y. 
Great. Thank you. And I congratulate you on your new launch. I'm so excited to hear about it. I like that um, that campaign picture that you have. It's super, super cool. Oh, my God. Wait till you see all of them, girl. It's going to get so crazy. Also, yeah, after this, I definitely have to send you some. You'll love it. Okay. <laughs> and um, follow the Crash and Blend Instagram, too, which you can yes, find on your Instagram. I'm crazy. Am I not crazy? Yes. Follow no, at Crash fine. and Blend as well. <laughs> <laughs> I think I just followed it today too. That I I love the the picture that you have there. It's so awesome. It's about to get crazy, girl. <laughs> and not tricky, hopefully. Not tricky. Listen. <laughs> oh my god. I'm gonna start listening to for that. Yes. It's tricky. Okay. Listen, in, especially if especially if you like deal with corporate people. Like the tricky <laughs> is the funniest thing. You already know some dumb shit's about to come after that. You're like, mm-hmm. okay, got it. You're just a breath of fresh air, really. Just so excited to have you. And I really appreciate the time you've taken to be on. Oh, my God. Thank you so much for having me. I will make sure to tell everybody I possibly have ever known in my life (laughs) to check it out. As always, thank you so much for tuning in to help the podcast grow. Leave a review on Apple Podcasts and tell me what you think. Follow the pod at Swatch of Horrors on Twitter and Instagram. Thanks. Bye.